What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Trade Targets here on the Fantasy Stock Exchange. I have a few buy low, sell high guys for you, uh, concluding week three, ahead of week four, I should say. And uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. My first buy low, surprisingly enough, is going to be Deshaun Watson, quarterback for the Houston Texans. So let me start off by saying I'm not usually one to go out of my way and trade for quarterbacks in one quarterback leagues but Deshaun Watson could be the exception. So there's no secret that he has obvious top five upside at the position. I mean, he was drafted as such. Even with Houston losing DeAndre Hopkins, he was still highly toted this offseason. Now, the first three weeks for him have been less than stellar. Um, he put up over 20 fantasy points in week one, but week two and week three, he's kind of fell short of expectations. But you can't really fault him too much because he had Kansas City, he had Baltimore, and then he had Pittsburgh. So it's like you combine all three of those, plus he's getting used to an offense without DeAndre Hopkins after not having really any practice or training camp without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be perfectly fine. He still looks good. He still has that rushing upside. And the schedule does get a lot easier for him down the road. I mean, it's almost impossible for it not to be easier after those first three weeks. Um, but, but between now and week 13, that schedule is very late, even in the fantasy playoffs on deck. I know we're talking about weeks 14 through 16 already, but you always want to be thinking about this. Uh, on deck, he's going to have Chicago, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati. And while I'd say the three of them are probably better than average in terms of keeping the quarterback under wraps for fantasy right now, it's still not bad, especially when it's a talent such as Deshaun Watson. So I'm, I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to try to buy low on him right now. You know, I, I'm not sending an RB1 or a high-end wide receiver two or something like that to get to Sean Watson because I, I don't believe in having uh, an elite fantasy quarterback that much. But if you can get him at a discount after these first three weeks, I 1,000% would because, uh, again, if there's obvious top five potential with him week in and week out, and his schedule is going to get a hell of a lot easier moving forward. Uh, so moving on to my first sell high of the day, and it's actually going to be Devin Singletary. So in week three, Devin Singletary had 121 scrimmage yards on 13 attempts and four catches. I believe he was targeted five times. Um, but if you'll notice, this number was higher than the first two weeks. The first two weeks, he accumulated, I think, nine and a half and ten and a half fantasy points. And then week three, he completely, I don't want to say completely busted out, but he turned that up to about 16, 16 and a half fantasy points. Now, the reason for this was that Zach Moss wasn't playing in week three, which to be honest was kind of quiet news. Uh, I feel like a lot of people that don't have Zach Moss on their team or don't have Devin Singletary already on their team. I feel like they didn't really pay attention to that news because it's not world breaking news. Um, but as I record this today, Wednesday, September 30th, Zach Moss is already back at practice. He's going back. And as soon as he returns to the lineup, Devin Singletary is going from his 16 point week three down to probably just a weekly floor play of that 9 to 11 PPR points. So much like I was saying about Mark Ingram last week, Devin Singletary had a really good 2019, but because of competition on the roster, the 2020 is just probably not going to be there. So with Devin Singletary, after putting up 16 points last week, I'd try to deal him if I could. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that have lost running backs over the last couple of weeks to injuries. And if you happen to be one of the lucky few that has both Devin Singletary and some other roster depth somewhere else, I would definitely see what I could get for Devin Singletary because I think we're going to see a lot more 
10-point games, then we are going to see these 16-point games. So Devin Singletary is a great sell-high target for the week. Moving on to my next buy low, it's Chris Godwin. Um, I know this is a little surprising, especially since he's slated to miss this week and week five, um, but that's just all the more reason to, to go out and buy him low. People are so turned off of Chris Godwin right now because he got hurt in week one and then didn't play week two. He played pretty much all of week three except for the last few minutes and then went out with injury, and now he's out for two more games. So he'll be missing three of his first five games, and he was at least somewhat limited uh, in the other two because of the injuries that he sustained. But so far, Chris Godwin has shown a really good rapport with Tom Brady. Chris Godwin is really picking up right where he left off last year. He's looking like a phenomenal receiver out there. He's looking like Brady's favorite target. Uh, I mean, maybe that's Scotty Miller, but uh, Chris Godwin does a hell of a lot more with the ball and gets the same, if not more targets than Scotty Miller on a weekly basis. Um, but anyway, with, with Chris Godwin, he is about to have 20 full days of rest. Now, granted, he's going to return to practice following that game in week five and everything to get ready for week six, but he is not going to see a game for around the next 20 days or so. Chris Godwin is absolutely an elite talent at the receiver position. He's got Tom Brady thrown in the ball. He's on a team that is supposed to be very good for the duration of 2020. I mean, there's not, aside from the injury issues, there is nothing to dislike about Chris Godwin's game. And much like I was saying about Christian McCaffrey last week, you know, if you can deal for him at the start of his injury, you're going to completely reap the benefits once he's back in. Um, my fingers are crossed that Chris Godwin, once he's back in week six, he's here to stay and we're not going to see any more injuries. So I would, at the very least, I would do my due diligence and see what the Chris Godwin owner would be asking for for him, because I think it's definitely worth the two week wait if you can kind of buy low on him. Um, you know, having a superstar receiver on your roster once week six comes around, it, there's, there's nothing like it. I, I mean, you could probably get him by dealing maybe a couple pieces to a desperate team right now, or maybe the guy who has Chris Godwin in your league is currently sitting at 0-3 and, and just really needs to shake it up and can't afford losses these next two weeks without Chris Godwin. So it's all situational, but Chris Godwin is definitely one of my favorite buy-low targets this week. My next sell-high target today is actually going to be Daryl Henderson. So he had 120 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in week three, but I'm still selling him. Not only is the Rams' schedule kind of miserable coming up for the running backs. But think about this committee. You know, Cam Akers is out right now. Malcolm Brown, they said he was healthy in week three, but he may not have been fully healthy. Either way, when Cam Akers comes back, this is going to go back to being a three-headed monster type of backfield. All it's going to take for Daryl Henderson to lose the quote-unquote hot hand is a few bad rushes. Cam Akers comes in and does well or Malcolm Brown comes in and does well. I mean, there's not a lot to like um, for the backfield out of LA right now. Daryl Henderson has back-to-back -back weeks scoring 20 PPR points. I would 1,000% deal while I could. Cam Akers is going to be back sooner than later. We already know Malcolm Brown can ball out, especially after that week one that he put out. There's really not a lot to like about Daryl Henderson for the, for the entire season. I just... I don't think week two and week three are going to be sustainable. I don't like their schedule and I don't like the amount of competition that is on this roster. So to me, Daryl Henderson, after being a top waiver priority last week and after really having a strong performance again in week three, 
I think you got to capitalize on these performances while he's still having them because, again, it's only a matter of time before Cam Akers is back and this potentially turns into a three-headed monster type of backfield again. So my last buy low of the day is going to be DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. So DJ Moore, piss poor week one, piss poor week three, really good week two. But he's coming off of a down week where the Panthers – didn't really need to use him. Surprisingly, Carolina was in control that entire game. Their defense stepped up. Mike Davis out of the backfield really stepped up. As a Carolina Panthers fan, I was absolutely pumped to see this. But as a DJ Moore believer in fantasy, not so much. Um, but he is top 10 in the league right now in terms of targets, despite only having four targets in week three. Um, then you have to factor in that Carolina is not going to be in the driver's seat in many more games this season. The fact that they didn't really need to use DJ Moore in week three is going to be a total oddity because they, speaking as a Panthers fan, they are going to be playing catch up a lot this year. And DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, those type of guys, they will be hyper-targeted. And we saw that in week two when DJ Moore had 13 or 14 targets in a single game. A lot of people coming into the season, thought DJ Moore was going to be this top 10, top 15 receiver, and people were absolutely amped up to be getting him in the third, fourth, even fifth round of their fantasy drafts. And already people are souring him, souring on him because he had two bad weeks in the first three weeks of the season. I really think people are overreacting. And if you happen to be in a league with the guy that has DJ Moore, who is overreacting, this is a perfect time to start picking his brain uh, I really think DJ Moore is going to come out and have a successful week against Arizona. That's a very high-octane offense. Carolina is going to have to sling the ball to keep up with them, and I think DJ Moore is going to be a massive beneficiary of it. So if you can go out and get DJ Moore or at least make some offers prior to week four beginning, I think that would be very wise because, uh, again, he is one of my favorite by-low targets, and he was one of my favorite guys to target in fantasy drafts this year. I'm not ready to give up and – you shouldn't be either. So I know last week I did three buy lows and three sell highs, but frankly, there just isn't much after week three, um, with the exception of Devin Singletary and Daryl Henderson that I consider a true sell high. Um, so I'll just, I'll just end it here with some advice. So to spot a true sell high, you want to examine a player that has uncharacteristically had a big week. Um, you know, recency bias is one hell of a thing when it comes to fantasy football. And if you can avoid having tunnel vision from one good week, you can really capitalize on a lot of trades during the fantasy season. So, you know, last week I said Mark Ingram was, it was a good time to sell high. He went out in week two, had like 50 or 60 yards in the score. I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but a situation like that, where the actual player's situation isn't good season long, or maybe they have a good past. So for example, with Mark Ingram, we're living off of an RB1 season in 2019. Um, you can kind of swing things. You can take that positive week in week two. You can take his previous status as a top dog in the league. You can put that all together and try to sell high on a guy. You know, uh, I'm not saying that you have to sell high, you know, like just because a guy scores high, that it might seem like an hour doesn't mean you have to sell high. If it's a guy that could go on a hot streak or is looming a potential breakout, those are guys you want to hold on to. But the guys that have had, you know, the guys like, I know I'm going back to last week, but even Oda Beckham Jr., who were really just kind of living off of his name at this point. 
He's another one of those guys. He had a solid week in week two. If you could have sold him after that, it would have been the perfect time to do it because he kind of reminded everyone like, hey, I'm still here. But you, if you're a smart fantasy owner, you realize that, well, OBJ really hasn't been here for the last one to two seasons and you should probably sell him if you could. Uh, so I guess that's my biggest advice for this week is when you're, when you're trying to figure out if you want to sell high on a player, you got to examine a whole bunch of things, but there's no better time to do it than coming off of a big week, which is why Devin Singletary and Daryl Henderson are leading that list for me this week. And yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I got for you here today. If you're not subscribed already, feel free to hit that subscribe button down below. Follow me on Twitter at FF underscore Mikey 10. Feel free to follow the fantasy stock exchange over on Twitter as well. And uh, I will see you guys again next week for Fantasy Trade Targets. Hopefully we have some more sell highs to go off of.